good to see you all. Isn't it great to be in the house of God? Praising God together, celebrating Him together. I'm so glad to see you here today, that you are here today, and that I can be here today. My name is Claudia. I'm one of the pastors here in the church, and it is my privilege to have the stage today and um, to share a message um, from a series that is called One. Um, we started the series beginning of May, and um, today is the second part. Next week will be a third part. But this, this um, teaching series, One, is all about the unity of the church. It's about that in Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand united. Because being united and being one is a calling that God placed on his church. And there are some, some very cool verses about that in the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4 and verses 3 to 6. I would like to read those to you. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One. One. There's power in being one. There's power in unity. God knows that. That's why he calls us to be one. That's why he reminds us throughout his word that we are one. And we will talk about this this week and next week again. And we hope that, that you will stick with, with us today that you, um, that you are awake enough <laughs> to listen and uh, to receive. Um, two weeks ago, we started the series with One Faith. Today, the topic is One People um, or One Body, as the verse says, One People. Um, and, I mean, I have, I have 20 minutes, and um, I try to give my best to explain in 20 minutes to give us some highlights that define us as, as one body, as one people. Um, and I would like to pray be, before we start here. So Jesus, I thank you so much that you are in the house. Thank you, Jesus, that you see us as one, that we are your children, that we are your body, that we are your people. And God, I pray that, that we can feel the uniting power of your spirit guiding us through this afternoon, through this third service. And God, I pray that you bless us with your presence and that we can feel you in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, one people. I think one people is definitely an important topic to talk about when it comes to unity in the church. And one people is a topic that definitely is bigger than our church. One people is a topic that includes all churches, all denominations around the globe. But, but it has to start in the local church. It has to start in congregations like ours. Because how can we expect a unity of one people globally when we cannot have unity in one house? So what, what makes us one? What makes us one people? What unites us as the people of God. It's, it's certainly not how we look like or where we come from or what languages we speak. And it might not even have to do with the denomination we come from. So what is it? And to find out what it is, I suggest we take a look into the Bible. 
probably not a surprise, right? I mean, we are in church. That's what we do. We take a look into the Word of God to find answers to questions that we have, right? So I suggest we take a look in the Bible. And in the Bible, I want to suggest to take a look at what identified Jesus as Son of God to find out what really identifies us as sons and daughters of God and with it unifies us as one people. See, the Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. So what identifies him as God's son might give us some hints what identifies us as his sons and daughters and as his people. And I'm going to go with you to a passage from the first letter of John, because in this passage, John points out pretty clearly how Jesus was identified as God's son. So 1 John chapter 5, and then verses 6 to 8. And there the Bible says, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, uh, not, not by blood only, but by water and blood. And the spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. So according to this passage, Jesus was revealed and identified as the Son of God by his baptism, by the blood he shed on the cross, and by the spirit who worked in him and through him and who raised him from the dead. The spirit, the water, and the blood identified him as God's son. And the spirit, the water, and the blood identify us as children of God as well. And this might be a new idea, and it might be a bit confusing, and that's why I would like you to, to stick with me and to allow me to explain what I mean when I make a statement like that. And I hope you're ready, because we start right now with the blood. The blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross identified him as the Son of God. And when it comes to the blood, I certainly do not mean that we need to shed our blood in order to identify as God's sons and daughters. Jesus shed his blood for us. His blood was sufficient, and it is his blood that identifies us as children of God. See, when he died on the cross... He paid for the forgiveness of our sin. And that was what was very important. Because sin is what separates us from God. But by shedding his blood, he paid for the forgiveness of sin. And when we turn to him, when we put our trust in Jesus, his blood comes upon us and cleanses us. And that opens the way to God. That opens the way for us to become God's child. Because now God can forgive us. And he can embrace us. And he can welcome us into his family. The blood of Jesus identifies us as God's children. Because without the blood, we couldn't be God's children. Ephesians 1 verses 5 to 7 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our redemption with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So the blood of Jesus, when we come to him, 
invite him into our life, marks us and identifies us as God's children, and therefore unites us as one people, because there's only one blood, only one Lord who, 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 who died on the cross for us, only one. So his blood unites us as one people. Second thing that identified Jesus as God's son was the water of baptism. Baptism identifies us as sons and daughters of God as well. But when we look into the Gospels and see um, how Jesus got baptized, he went into the water and when he came out, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came down and there was a voice from heaven declaring, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, we might receive the Holy Spirit before we get baptized. And heaven might not open up when we come out of the water. And God might not declare with a loud voice that you are his son or daughter. But still, still baptism identifies and defines us as God's children. Because in baptism, we confirm our covenant and relationship with God. In baptism, we confess that we believe in God and that we want to be as loyal to him as he is to us. In baptism, we acknowledge that we want to be part of God's family and we receive all the privileges and callings that come with it. And in baptism, we also identify with Jesus. We identify with his death and with his resurrection because we declare that we are dead to sin and that we are alive to live for God. And all this makes baptism not just a physical experience, but a profoundly spiritual shift that identifies us as God's children and unites us as one people. So if you never got baptized, or if your baptism wasn't your own decision, get baptized. Get baptized to confirm your faith and covenant with God and identify yourself as his child. This is in your hand. Baptism is in your hand. It wasn't in your hand that Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for you. And it wasn't in your hand that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to fill you. But you can decide whether to, get to, whether to get baptized or not. It's in your hands. So get baptized. And by the way, baptism is the one ritual that all churches have in common. There might be differences in the way how they baptize and what age they baptize and maybe what you need to do before you get baptized. But wherever churches baptize with water and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they perform the one baptism Ephesians 4 talks about. All right, so we have the blood of Jesus and the water of baptism that identifies us as God's children and unites us as one people. And the third thing is the Spirit. Jesus was identified as the Son of God by the Spirit. And Jesus lived a life 100% in the Spirit. He said what the Spirit told him. He did what the Spirit showed him. He went where the Spirit guided him. Jesus lived in the Spirit to 100%. And the good thing is there's only one Spirit of God. And the Bible promises that when we put our faith in Jesus, we get filled with this one spirit. Ephesians 1.13, when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. 
So all who believe in Christ, who put their faith in Jesus, get filled with the same Holy Spirit that dwelt in Jesus. The same Holy Spirit he had to speak to people, to speak life, to raise people from the dead, to heal the sick. That same Spirit dwells in you and in me and in everyone who believes. And this Spirit is there to transform us and to guide us and to strengthen us and to bring fruit and to give us gifts and to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. The Bible even says that the Holy Spirit is a seal from God, like, like a mark with a signet ring that identifies us as his possession. The Holy Spirit identifies us as God's children. But also, one work of the Holy Spirit is uniting us as one people. We are identified by the blood, by the water, by the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is the one who actively works on unifying the church as one people. We can see that in the book of Acts. Like when the Holy Spirit fell for the first time on Pentecost, he united the church. Yes, he gave power to proclaim the gospel. He gave power to perform miracles. But one of his most important works was to unify this first church. And they were so unified that they shared everything they had. Nobody saw their procession as their own, but they shared everything and they even sold family property to help each other out. That's the kind of unity the Spirit produced in the first church. And it continues in the book of Acts. When we go into chapter 10, where the Gentiles, that means the non-Jews, heard the gospel for the first time, put their faith in Jesus, first Peter got criticized for preaching to them. The believers, the Jewish believers, criticized him, and they got angry that he spoke to non-Jews about Jesus. But when they heard that the Holy Spirit had fallen on the Gentiles the same way he had fallen on them on Pentecost, they praised God. They started to praise God because they understood that God had opened the way for everyone to become his people. And they embraced the Gentiles as part of one people as well. And we can see that throughout the book of Acts when we follow Paul on his mission trips and when he goes back to the apostles and then they debate and they embrace the Gentiles and the Jews together as one people. And the Holy Spirit wants to do the same today. I was able to witness that a couple of weeks ago. I was invited to, to a breakfast together with Pastor Andrew. We went to a breakfast here in Berlin and there were pastors like from all over Berlin all across the denominations. There were Catholic priests, there were Lutheran states church pastors, there were Anglican vicars, there were um, pastors from free churches, Baptist, Baptist churches, Pentecostal churches, independent churches, anything you can think of. And that room was filled with, with all these people and we had breakfast together and that was amazing. They had such great food. Man, it was really good. I mean, only for the breakfast was worth to go there. But of course, we didn't go there just to have breakfast, right? We were there to, to share about um, our work, to, to pray about our, our congregations, and to, to share what we have on our heart for, for our churches and for our city. And, and it was so amazing to, to see all these people pray together. 
Like, there, there was a little group not far away from me, and, and there was a Catholic priest, um, a leader from a Lutheran state's church, and a free church pastor, and they were holding hands, interceding for each other, interceding for their churches, interceding for the city, everyone together. And we worshiped God, and there was music, and there was no doubt that we were one people. And when we embraced each other as one people, a power felt that filled that room, and there was joy, and there was encouragement, and there was peace. And I'm pretty sure that God was pleased, seeing his people standing together as one. See, this gathering really showed me what is possible when we set aside the things that's, that, that, that we don't have in common, when we stop fighting about some details that in the end doesn't ma don't matter. But when we stand together and look at what we have in common, Jesus, our Savior, who shed his blood and the baptism and the Holy Spirit. See, when we, when we look at this instead of the differences, we can focus finally on what really matters. And what really matters is that this city is reached for Jesus. That the love of God breaks through. That we build churches that are vessels of light and hope and salvation in a lost world. And the more there is unity, the more Jesus will be revealed and the more the love of God can break through in this city. And that's what Jesus prayed. That's exactly what Jesus prayed in John 17 verse 23. Jesus prayed, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much. As you love me. See, it's our unity that helps the world to see the love of God. It is our unity that will reveal Christ more distinctively. It is our unity that will spread the message of salvation more widely. It is our unity that will elevate the global church and that will change this earth for God more rapidly and more drastically. That's the power of one people. That's the power of one people. And if we want to see that on a global level, we need to start here in this house. We need to start here. One people starts in the local church. It starts with us becoming one and setting aside the things that we might see different or we where we have different opinions and focus on what's really, what really matters who we are in Christ, how he, how he unites us, and, and what really is true about us. So let's, let's stop fighting about details and opinions and focus on who we are in Jesus so we can go and do the work that God ordained us to do, to go and help this city to find Jesus. And this unity can be achieved when we focus on what really matters. And what really matters or what really defines and identifies us as God's children and as one people is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the baptism in the water and it is the Holy Spirit who dwells in all who believe because there is only one Lord. And there is only one baptism and there is only one Spirit who unites us as one people. And as I said, the Holy Spirit is who is, is the one who actively works on uniting us. 
And that's why I want to encourage all of us to, to pray today and to get to our feet. I would like you to stand in this place. And I want to invite you to, to ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and to fill this place, to fill your hearts and to move us into greater unity, to move us into greater unity in this house. See, being filled with the Spirit or having the Spirit working in our lives is not a one-time event. He wants to fill us again and again and again so and, and until we overflow. So if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Lift your hands towards heaven and invite the Holy Spirit right now to come and fill you and to move us together into unity, to help us to focus on what identifies us as God's children, what unites us as one people. You can pray right now. Ask Him. Pray. Pray to Him. You pray to Him. Yes, Lord, I thank you so much that you gave us your word. And God, I thank you that the whole world will have a new revelation about what really matters. I really believe that, that you will guide us into unity because we focus on you. We focus on the mission that you gave us so this world can be reached with the message of life, with the message of hope, with the message that really sets people free and that really moves them into the right place. And God, I pray that you use us to be agents of unity wherever we go, not just in this church, but also in our families and in our workplaces and in the city of Berlin. God, I pray that you bring us, our church, into unity. I also wanna pray for other congregations in the city, that there is unity in the congregations. So together as a city, we can be unified and go and win the city for you. Win souls for eternal life. Jesus, I pray, do your work within us so we can focus on the right things and set aside the differences. And you are doing it. It's your spirit who's doing it. Not our thinking, not what we can do, but what you can do. And I praise you for that, that you will do a great work within us, within our church, so this city can be reached. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We never close a service here without giving people the opportunity to receive Jesus for the first time or to return to Him. And I want to invite you, if you never said yes to Jesus with all your heart, you can do that today. He's here with open arms waiting for you and your life will change forever. Or if you walked away from Him, you can return today. Today is your day. He is here with open arms to welcome you back. And I want to invite you to pray that prayer together with the church. It will be on screen. And I promise you, when you pray this, and when you mean it, your life will change. You will never be the same again because the power of God will touch you and will transform you. So when you are ready to pray that, I am ready and I will start and you will join me. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. 
thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen and amen.